Welcome back, everybody, to the Star Wars podcast, where we talk all things Marvel, Star Wars, and everything in between. Please take a moment to check our show notes to find our social media, merch, and more. Today, we're recapping episode five of Ahsoka, titled Shadow Warrior, in full spoiler detail. So if you haven't seen the episode, I would get out of here. And I'm here with a man who just took a plunge into the ocean and has come out all dressed in white. It's Tommy Pizzullo. Tommy, how's it going? Uh, I'm doing well, but Michael, do you hear that? Do you, do you, it's fighting. Two people fighting outside my apartment right now. Sound of LA traffic. Just, yeah. it's lightsabers. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, that's what I like to tell myself when I hear the, the, the fireworks yes. uh, go off at nighttime. Tommy, how's everything? Are you doing okay? Uh, doing well, yes. Having fun, enjoying the ride that we're on here in Ahsoka Land. Uh, that would be a fun theme park. Forget Star Wars Land. Just Ahsoka. All Ahsoka. Just getting rid of Batu, huh? <laughs> just tear it down already. You know? <laughs> All right. Well, we do have some guests here today. It is an honor to welcome back both Dez and Jordan from the Two Black Nerds podcast. Guys, how's it going? Real good. How you guys doing? Good, good. good. Ready to talk some Ahsoka. This has been, uh, it's been very fascinating. I feel like the opinions have been all over the place. So uh, I'm excited to, we'll start with, uh, we'll stop, start with our, our current reigning trivia champ, Dez. Uh, Dez, what have you been thinking about Ahsoka so far? Man, um, to be honest, I'm enjoying myself. I, I kind of turn all my brain off just slightly because of, you know, recent Star Wars things that we've been given. I don't want to think about it too hard um and so when ahsoka was announced of course i was super excited ahsoka tano is absolutely one of my favorite characters in this star wars universe but again because of the past couple of weird things that star wars has done i had to kind of lower that expectation ever so slightly um granted andor was a little different ball game here and there mandalorian is a different ball game but overall star wars had me in a little in a little rut for a second so um, given that expectation, I'm 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 good right now, um, and I'm I'm kind of having a good time. Uh, to be honest, there's some things I, I really really like about this show, so we'll see if it continues to be that way. Yeah, Jordan, I want to ask you because I feel like there was so much hype around this episode. Obviously, that this was given a very limited release in theaters. Even um, did this particular episode hold up to what you imagined it would be? Yeah, I would say mostly it mostly held up. I definitely, you know, saw all of the the news and the conversation about the theatrical release. And so that naturally, I think, would get you super excited and anticipated about, oh, well, what, what are they going to do? It must be something big, especially, you know, based off of the the ending of last week. And I think by the end of it, I felt mostly satisfied. There was a lot of really, really good stuff, a lot of great callbacks, a lot of nostalgia that I think that they leaned into that worked out really, really well. Not everything was perfect for me, but by this point in the series, I think that they've definitely hit a stride. And so I'm totally in for, you know, what the finale is going to be next week. Yeah. And I, I echo uh, what both of them have said. I, I think I keep waiting for the shoe to drop. Uh, I've been burned too many times and I keep waiting but so far, I'm enjoying every episode. Things are going well. Uh, in this episode, you know, I think it was very easy for the cameo to just be a cameo. But I actually think it pushed forward a lot of themes and a lot of uh, uh, growth for Ahsoka that I think is going to, you know, turn up at the end. Uh, I have a theory that I'll, I'll teasing now for, for later. I have a theory about th this could mean more 
to to Ahsoka than even just this episode. So, ooh, all right, love the tease. Uh, Des and Jordan, you, I you all both watched Rebels. Mo okay. <laughs> yeah, I've watched uh, like a half a season and okay. and never finished, so I'm guilty. Okay. No, that's fine. Well, I'm curious. I, well, I'll throw it to you, Jordan, because I feel like a lot of the conversation, and especially for this episode, I feel like was, you know, I don't like using this word, but I truly kind of feel like this was a bit of fan service. And maybe not so much fan service as much as it was like catching up the casual viewers on some of the big events that happened in the shows. Um, did this episode work for you as somebody who didn't watch all of Rebels? Yeah, it, it actually did only only probably because I think that this is the one episode of the series that felt like it leaned a little bit more into Clone Wars than Rebels. I think it's it's certainly it's certainly a successor to Rebels for sure. You know, I think all of the characters and obviously some of the storylines, the major story storyline really is a is a is a carryover from Rebels. But this one clearly is pointing to stuff from Clone Wars, which I did watch all of Clone Wars. And, and and that felt more familiar, obviously. And I think that once I saw some of those things, you know, throughout the course of the episode, some of those, you know, more specific details, I was like, oh, I, I didn't expect to go there. But I'm really glad that we did because it does make it, it does make it all feel a little bit more cohesive and I think tied together really, really well just based off of Ahsoka's journey to like where she is now, now that she's an adult and, and we see that, that natural evolution and how she's really grown so much from the course of her being, you know, a little girl all the way until now being pretty much a Jedi master. For sure. So yeah, super excited to dive into some of like these flashbacks and whatnot. Um, Tommy, what about, uh, am I crazy about the fan service thing? Did you, did you feel any of that? I feel like last week, the end, that was the fan service. I think this felt like there was, I don't know. I didn't feel it as much because it felt like it was, it was justified for the story. If that makes sense. Um, yeah. So I, and I, I might be jumping a little ahead, but uh, cause I feel like I, I want to lead this podcast with my takes. And while last week I said that episode was one of my favorite star Wars episodes of TV ever, um, I actually found this one to be a bit of a step down. And I think my biggest problem with it, Tommy, and we actually talked about it. We talked about, do we need a flashback? How would it work? Can, can it play well? And what I said then was like, if they can tie it in really well and have it mean something for the current story, I would feel better. I think my problem is like the main message of these flashbacks was like. A... You're muted. Yeah. I, don't, I think that messed my mic. Can you all hear me? Yep. You, you might have switched mics. Might. I just unplugged something. So much for not editing. <laughs> Why is it doing this? Okay, somebody talk. Hello. Testing, testing. Maybe. Um, You're a little softer now, too, by the way. That... Okay, I'll just get closer. Okay, what did I last? <laughs> uh, you were giving, telling us that the flashback would work if it was part of, if it right. was bringing the story. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like the flashback, the message of it was that Ahsoka needed to continue living. And like that was something I never really doubted. You know, does that make sense? Like, I don't know that it worked where, like, uh, that she was ever going to give up or like, I, I don't know. It just didn't, it didn't meld together perfectly for me. 
I guess, and I hear that. I do think like a big message was her living. I think there was a couple other messages in there. I think one is the idea that she was trained to be a soldier Jedi, not a peacekeeper. And I think that's going to come back at the end of this. I think she's going to be able to become the Jedi that she wants to be. And I, so I think the flashback is important there because it shows the wartime and it shows that she was trained to be a certain type of Jedi. And, and, you know, the message that Anakin talks about of, you know, this is my master and his masters. All of this is the knowledge passing down, but it really, she's missing parts of the knowledge now because she was only trained one certain way. And I think, I think that's going to play into Sabine. I think that's going to play into the overall story of what it means to be a, a mentor to a mentee. Okay. Well said. Uh, Des or Jordan, do you have any uh, comebacks to that as well? I, I was thinking about one thing um, in terms of just like what, what they're trying to convey with those particular scenes and, and, you know, a lot of Star Wars is about legacy and lineage and, you know, who who do you come from? Where do you come from? All those different things. And I think that, you know, watching this particular episode, I was like, oh, well, it, it's pretty clear to me, or at least I think just based off of like what we've seen that, you know, Ahsoka is one that has been, you know, sort of walking a non-traditional path. You know, she doesn't really resemble anybody else. She obviously has grown up very much differently, I think, you know, to a lot of what Tommy was saying, more of a soldier, really. And so... Being able to break away from that, I thought that that was like a really cool element to this episode to where they could just kind of focus on her forging her own path and really like actually fulfilling that. We've we've sort of known that and seen that throughout, you know, all of these different shows, but I think it, it was really crystallized here. Okay, well, yeah, no, well said. Um, if you guys are down, we can dive into the episode scene by scene here. And uh, uh, we open here on Hera searching for Ahsoka. We get a couple different things going on here. A lot of Jason in this episode. Um, but yeah, we get the we get the sad Hu Yang part where you, they should have stuck together. Very, very sad Hu Yang. How can you hate Hu Yang? I'm sorry. He's so sad. He's just like, man, I feel bad for these. He's had emotions. What a nice droid. <laughs> yeah. For real. Yeah, that's some like off seat or off podcast conversation that we've had. I think we we've rivaled another podcast. Apparently, we were too high on Hu Yang. So no, I don't think I'm high enough. Top droid, uh, I'm saying it. Come at he's me. He's pretty great. He's, <laughs> he's pretty great. He's um, funny, caring. Does combat what? skills. <laughs> he's crazy. Uh, yeah, Hu Yang's great, but Des, I want to ask you about uh, uh, the addition of Jason in this episode. Mm. I kind of thought it was weird that he was ever even on this mission in the first place, but like it's, it's <laughs> starting to like make a little bit more sense. Yeah, um, he seems pretty like in tune with the Force. He's got mm. a lot going on. So, uh, what do you think about Jason? Are you are you stoked about this character? It's very interesting. You know, uh, you know it. This is like another one of those Rebels things. It's like, uh-oh, Kanan's offspring. What is he going to be like? And here we are <laughs> with like this, this Force-sensitive Jason. Um, I think it's interesting, though. It does provide, I think, a different, I think, viewpoint to this world all, ever so slightly and having a kid's point of view. Like, oh, what can this kid do? And I think that's always like a fun part of Star Wars is like, what can this kid do? Versus like what we have right now is like a very older and experienced Ahsoka. Even Sabine, even though she's a Padawan, she's been around. You know what I mean? The whole TV show that Rebels is. We know what Sabine can technically do in this uh, moment in time. So I think it's kind of cool to get a young kid <laughs> kind of just hanging out with his mom. And uh, uh, that, that's force sensitive. So it's it's fine right now. Um, he didn't really get in the way of anything. I kind of I kind of do like the way they used him, I think, to find uh, uh, Ahsoka. But I can I can see Jason going left very fast but i feel like the end of the episode retconned that they were like okay you won't see much more of jason 
just <laughs> Hera was like, yeah, he can't go between, you know, galaxies or whatever she said. I was like, yep, good. I don't think we'll see much more of him. So I think in this very limited capacity, I'm, I'm fine with it. Man, I just get scared. It's the same thing with Grogu. I get scared when they introduce these young Jedis around this time period that might go to Luke's Academy and get slaughtered. So, you know, I'm, I I don't feel great about the future of Jason. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but for some reason, I just, like, tune out and ignore the kids, a part of Star Wars. Like, anytime we get kids, I'm just like whatever I, I just like really ignore them I, maybe it's just because we haven't had a great history maybe it's like what you just said michael like we know that it's likely not going to end well for them but for some reason like anytime i see a kid across any of these different shows or, or movies i'm just like you know what i'm not even going to become invested I, I don't even want to even if it's like a young leia you know that we saw in obi-wan i'm like okay <laughs> say, Obi yeah obi-wan must have been really hard to watch if you cut out and you start paying attention to it definitely <laughs> was yeah by the second episode i was like "Ooh, we're really running with this okay okay <laughs> do we uh, do we think jason to uh have the jason conversation is there does he come back at the end and is there a path of you know i'm stuck on this mentor mentee i'm gonna hammer it down does he become sabine's paladin or does he or a padawan padawan does he become ezra's Padawan, the, the the full circle of Kanan teaching Ezra, him coming back, then him teaching Jason. I mean, definitely. I, I guess the, the question is which path. Probably Ezra, though. I think that makes sense. I think Ezra also makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. yeah, we'll have to see. That's Agreed. a good question, though. Yeah, Sabine feels like she's going to potentially walk closer to the Mandalorian path. And, and, and I think that that would, you know, just naturally have Jason, like, or, you know, gravitate towards Sabine um, or towards Ezra. Does okay. I'm throwing out everything. Sorry, guys. Sabine, what if and cameo? She's with Mando. She she shows up at their place. Ahsoka, we have the connection there. Ahsoka drops her off. Is like, all right, hey, the Jedi way wasn't your way. I taught you what I can. Go here now. Learn from them. And, and then he or, kills the armor. Or she. We still hey. Right now we're team cult because of as, as we, hey as Mando left it, Michael. And as we said on that podcast, very loud. You said, us... let's get the record straight. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, 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 I'm, I'll, I'll give a counter theory to that because I, I do kind of feel like they are really kind of pushing the Sabim as a Jedi thing uh, when they didn't have to, right? This was not right. a big part of, Re or really any part of Rebels. Right. It, it was, it's really kind of something that was built for this show. And they're really building like the force thing with the cup and then her later trying to use it on shin i, I just feel like there is that moment that's going to drop when she can finally use the force and uh i'm excited for it yeah there's there's just something there that's really never been done before where just like somebody pulls up with a mandalorian the whole get up on and they also have a lightsaber i'm i'm ready for that and i think sabine can do it <laughs> It would it would look cool, but you know, two episodes ago she couldn't move a cup. So I I need I need some progression to get us there to like the the big ultimate moment. Like we need like one more thing at least to show some progression. If it doesn't happen this you know season, then maybe it comes like somewhere else. You know, down the line. Maybe that's it's all leading up to the the end moment when they distract Thrawn and get out of the galaxy by her throwing a cup with the Force at his head and. Taking him out. <laughs> it's been foreshadowed the whole time. Not the cup. 
All right, you guys want to talk about some Anakin and Ahsoka here? I mean, this is really the bulk of the episode. Um, it uh, Well, Tommy, I want to touch on you first because, you know, I think you were a little worried about how they were going to handle this. Um, I, I think you theorized that maybe Ahsoka could, like, uh, you know, talk Anakin. How did you feel about uh, how they handled everything? Well, like and the logistics a... of of the, the whole thing. I, I think it's still up in the air because – is this the world between worlds or is this her like, you know, when you're dying and you create your like, you know how they say sometimes if you're in between death, you create this like realm for yourself. And this is like the last place she was at when she was supposed to die. And so like in Rebels, that was a whole thing. And so now I, I'm questioning, is it the world between worlds or was it a figment of her imagination? Is the time travel still a thing? To me, there's just more questions, but I'm okay with what they did here. I don't need the answers to those. I think regardless of what it means, what it doesn't mean, I think Ahsoka needed this and, and to, to, like you said, live plus like create her own path. I think the conversations in this scene were more important than the logistics. So I guess I'm I'm letting go of the logistics of it all. Uh, well, I do want to get uh, Des and Jordan's take on this, but I think I, I, think I know what's going on. I, I think if I had to guess... Anakin is dead, and that is why there can't be any back and forth, right? He he's already experienced his life, and I feel like we see that with the flashes of Vader and like him in his different stages too. So I think it was more so like this is where his this is where the Force Ghosts hang out. I think <laughs> I don't know. I'm figuring out Star Wars. Looks very go. lonely. There's no yeah. shuffleboard or anything for them to do in retirement. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You guys have any takes on that? I mean, this place, you know, I, I, it definitely felt like some sort of purgatory, you know, at, 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 at the worst, like a place that they just, you know, sort of hang out and, and loom. I don't know, but, you know, there wasn't anybody else there. So I'm not sure if it just resembles whatever is most closely associated with that Jedi who passes on or whatever the case may be. But beyond that, like the stuff was really good. I really like seeing Anakin back here. I thought the conversations were were great. And, and Hayden Christensen did really really well in this episode i think um I'm, I'm liking this 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 redeemed tour that we're having for hayden christensen because we, we we know the hate that he got in the prequel you know sort of series era but i i like what they're doing here with him and i just love that we we mostly kept it towards anakin of course you get the flashes of vader and all of those references but really focusing it on him and his relationship with the Soka in those moments you know i thought that that stuff was was executed really well and I don't think Hayden didn't voice Anakin in Clone Wars, right? Correct? So, like, so. has has had no scenes, like, doing the Ahsoka thing, but I felt like picked up a lot of those mannerisms, the hey snips, like, a lot, like, obviously some of that dialogue, but the way mm -hmm. he read it, I thought was really well done, too. Yeah, I believe he's, uh, I believe the, I, I've seen some pictures, some older pictures that suggest that Hayden Christensen and Rosaria Dawson are pro have been friends, so... There's that. I guess there's some sort of connection there already. But um, what about, I mean, okay, so we get Hayden Christensen back here. Of course, we have to do like, you know, the rematch of the century with Kenobi. But here we are. They're like, let's do it. Let's see what happens when we put Anakin up against Ahsoka. Uh, Des, I'll let you lead on this one. What did you think about like their actual fight? I thought it was fine. Um, I think a lot of the, the combat that Ahsoka um was doing was combat that we've we had seen her do in previous <laughs> star wars uh iterations to be honest um i know there was a lot of talk about the combat oh the combat was this i was like what the combat is fine to me uh because very biased here but prequel trilogy slash <laughs> will always be my favorite combat 
versus, of course, what we got in in, in sequel trilogy. Um, and this very, it, I don't know, it felt fine. It felt like what it should feel like, if that makes sense. It felt like literally felt like Anakin versus Snips, and I think that's what I got, just live action version. Um, and I also like the concept of there was two fights. You know what I mean? It wasn't just one fight. It was the it was the blue saber fight, right, that they had at the beginning, and then it was the of course the red um anakin turns to the red saber at the at the end there um and and i really liked both it was it really took it was like a journey <laughs> of of what was going on in ahsoka's world between worlds mind or whatever was happening and i think it, everything made sense and i thought the fight the fight was decent yeah no i'm with you i thought uh this was really fun um, we also, I guess, I guess we can dive into like some of the kind of flashbacks that we get as well. Um, what comes first? I guess there was a, there, I, I, it seemed like a nondescript Clone Wars battle that we get first. Um, I think the big one for me, we get a little bit of Caesar Mandalore up in here. I thought that was really cool. Um, uh, what were some of the highlights and some of the flashbacks for you guys? Shout for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's a same brain. <laughs> Shout <chance>. out to Rex. <laughs> Yeah, Rex, and then um, is it the Death Watch uh, helmets? Got to see a, a quick flash of that. That was really cool. So um, I, there was a part of me was like, I don't know, are we gonna see Maul? I like, I, I, I guess mm. the focus was supposed to be between her and Anakin, but you know, we're there. So yeah, well, th I think the yeah, I think the focus has to be on Anakin. This is all Tommy's theory corner. Welcome back. Come on in. Uh, is there a possibility that Sabine, I know last week I pitched, oh, Sabine's got a plan. She sided with them. It'll be fine. Is there a part that Sabine not fully goes bad, but breaks a little bad, and we get this like connection of Ahsoka was not able to save Anakin. That's something that probably, you know, we've seen is something that she never forgives herself for. She, she left, was not there to bring him back. Is there a part that she gets to fulfill that with Sabine? Bring her back to the side of light. Bring her side back to the side of the Jedi um, when she has this moment of weakness to get Ezra. Or it could be Ezra too, but I, I want to stick with the Sabine thing. I, I feel like dark Sabine could happen. Like a little, like not like full dark, but like maybe like we'll put her toes in the water. Well, it, it has kind of been hinted that Ahsoka has is doing that herself <laughs> kind of for the most part, which I think makes them perfect. Right. Is where like Sabine is, I'm going against all the rules, all the grain and Ahsoka technically is doing the same thing in her own way. And so again, that's why I think it makes them perfect. You know, master and Padawan is that exact thing. So I think that's not completely out of the realm of Sabine doing like something like where she dips her toes <laughs> in something crazy, dark sidey ish. Cause again, it feels like, uh, I forgot what the quote was, but Soka was like, I didn't exactly do that the Jedi way either, you know what I mean, kind of thing. So it makes sense to me. Yeah, I think, um, you know, Huyang kind of even mentioned it a couple of episodes ago, I think it was, you know, just about this this non-traditional path, you know, that Ahsoka has walked. And I think that that just kind of spills right down to Sabine as well. And so we might get some hints at, at the toying with that idea, but but finding a way to, like, keep her off of the edge and bring her back. But um, I, I do like the concept, too, that, you know, just – as history has progressed in this universe, you know, the, the way the Jedi become Jedi or become masters, it's dramatically changed and nobody is really doing it in the traditional way as they used to, just because like things are in a different state. And, and so you got, you kind of, you kind of get to see just like the different paths that people have to walk, even though there's like tons of, you know, curves and, 
pivots and all these different things, but somehow they always find their way back, or most of them find their way back, whether it's through like a path of redemption or they just have to discover it within themselves and forgive themselves and move on from something in the past. And so I think that those deeper sort of like philosophical things like that Sabine is also kind of going through, like we're seeing her wrestle with that, but hopefully she gets the right, right lesson, you know, at the end of it and, and we see her yeah. come back to, to the light side. You know, I, Tommy, I don't hate this theory. I, and I, I think I, I think I can I can put a, a, a some closure on the theory even because I think it makes it's, it's a perfect parallel to Ezra and Rebels who also had to struggle with the dark side a little bit. And I think that he would be the perfect person to talk her back down if that happened. Yeah, and there, there's too many things that it closes the door. It closes the the wheel on, like I said, like the Anakin and Ahsoka thing. I think there's a lot. Star Wars loves to repeat, like history repeats. It loves to have patterns. It loves to have things like that. So, uh, yeah, just radars out there. If we're we're on a little wheel, I'm gonna put it like it's still not at fifty percent. I'm I feel good, but I don't have enough evidence yet. But we'll we'll keep watching this uh this radar that I have going to see how far we go into this. Oh, man, I swear I had the Star Wars at Rhymes sound clip on here, but I can't find it now. You could oh, just well. do it yourself, like pretend that you are the sound clip. It's like Star Wars at Rhymes, or I don't know what he said. <laughs> Perfect. Nailed it. <laughs> no notes. That was my best George Lucas impression. Um, okay, what else? What else? Any other highlights, Tommy, from um, some of the flashbacks? And Oh, what about, what about Young Ahsoka? Uh, obviously, I, w I don't have the name on hand, but uh, this uh, she played young Gamora as well. Yeah, Ariana Greenblatt uh, yeah. is her name. She was just in Barbie. I, I like when I saw her, I was like, "Wait, is that the same one that played Gamora?" And I really had to look it up, and I'm like, "Yeah, that's definitely her. Just a few years older." Uh, love it. Love that she's getting these checks, you know. And she's basically, you know, sort of finding this 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 different, you know, sort of bag and and, and playing these younger legendary galactic intergalactic people you know whether it's Kimura or, or Ahsoka but I, I love that she she did really great here because I think that we have so much young Ahsoka in the Clone Wars like we we had such a relationship with that character for so long to actually see somebody in live action bring that to life like it felt true to who we who we saw Ahsoka be in that series like it didn't feel like this weird disconnect because I think you could easily like cast or miscast the wrong person and it's like oh that's not the ahsoka i remember from that show but she actually kind of nailed it for me yeah it, she, she actually like she almost looks like like the love child of rosaria dawson and ahsoka from the animated show like she has like the perfect nose but also kind of has like the rosaria dawson appearance so like i thought she looked really great like the body language was down uh obviously no notes on the acting by any means she did really great um it reminds me of another a young child that i can't name but that there was that girl in loki that played young sylvie who also played um young ray so there's some other mm. uh cross uh disney franchise acting going on so yeah i i liked her um her kind of mel melancholy take on the war like when she's slicing through the legs and going, you know, like that one move where she's uh, sliding across slicing against, it didn't feel like there was like, in a way it felt muted. And I liked that it felt muted. Like, it's like, she's this war, this being a soldier has, has almost, it's not fun. <laughs> it, it's war. Yeah. It's also like this, uh, I don't know. Even though it was a flag, I don't know. It's, what made it so cool again is now we have like Ahsoka with these different knowledge in a scenario that she had been before. It was young Ahsoka. It was like, dang, really sad about this. 
And you know, when you Clone Wars, uh, uh, necessarily does she have any back or anything? In that moment, you're just like, man, she can really feel something different. I feel like than she could feel before because this being our Ahsoka that we know in the younger body, I thought was really good. Um, also, shout out to the makeup department. The headdress is crazy. Like you see, like the little gems around the—that's way different from the Ahsoka we have now. I was just like, yeah, they—they—they they were doing something. So shout out to the makeup department for sure. Yeah, more shouts. Shout out to the CGI crew because I thought Young Anakin looked great. I—I I really didn't have much qualms with the CGI there. Was that even a was a lot of CGI? I mean, I feel like uh, maybe he, part of it's he, he didn't age that much, but yeah, yeah. like. He looks great. Let's be honest. We'd love, we'd love to look uh, like Hayden's grow up uh, went. But. Uh, yeah. So, well, another, another uh, this is like, I don't know why I, fo I focus in on this so much, but when they finally rescue her, right. Um, Jason gives them the location they pull her up and she wakes up. She's naked on the head. Uh, that kind of, <laughs> I, we've never seen a Ahsoka like that. I guess maybe when she was a child in Tales of the Jedi, but. Yeah, I had to double take when I saw that. I was like, wait, wait, wait. Something does not feel right here. Something is off. And I like stopped and looked and I said, oh, she doesn't have the, the, the headpiece on. Which I was, you know, earlier in the season, I was looking like, oh, wow, that headpiece that they put on her is like really, really good. Like it, it makes a lot of sense. But then you see here that they probably made a second variation to actually show that, that no, that's her head. There, there is no headpiece that she put on. Like that's actually her head. And so it was good makeup. But it definitely threw me off when yeah. I first saw it. Yeah, we didn't touch on uh, continuing with Ahsoka and and her outfits. Uh, you, at the beginning, you touched on the the white. She did the classic trope of switching from gray to now wearing white. So I think that is like kind of her choosing the Jedi side a little bit more. Plus, it's like homage to get you know Gandalf clearly gray, gray to white. Um, all all of that in the hero trope. So I, I found that I like that change. Hey, Tommy, I don't like that. You know why? And it's the same thing that I had a problem with earlier. I feel like they're reusing. We already had white Ahsoka. Then she went back to gray, and now she's white again. It's so like, you're saying she can't, she can't go back and forth? I have many outfits in my closet, Michael. Can I only wear one outfit all the time? That's what Gandalf did. And, and actually, He's Tommy, Dave Filoni, by the end of that journey. Dave Filoni said this was a direct uh, interpretation of the Gandalf thing. So the, this, this uh. was directly ripped from uh lord of the rings so so you hate it completely well uh, she's not she's not a soak of the white to me just yet okay we'll okay. get there okay she has jordan have no take on this probably <laughs> or do y'all <laughs> prove me wrong please no it's one of those things where it's like you, you you can see you can see the gandalf in there but i you know i hadn't really considered the back and forth but now that you say it that way i'm like oh well wait you know she hasn't she hasn't quite gotten there yet. Like she hasn't completed it yet to to establish that white, you know, sort of like level of of, of wisdom, I guess. But um, you know, it looked good. She 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 looks really good in it. So I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm fine with it. Yeah, I think I might have as a lightsaber behind me, and it low key might be a white lightsaber. But um, it <laughs> it's something there. I think that I don't know. I I think I agree. I don't. I, she's not. Ahsoka the White yet. I do like that idea of like, but she's working her way to that. But that's what made this the end of the episode. Of course, we haven't got to it yet, but that's what made the, the end of the episode feel so like it's almost like an exhale of like, oh, we're, there's a whole new chapter about to come, you know, kind of thing, right? But the way she went about everything was just like, I see what you're doing here, or I see where you're going here. So it did feel like at least there was some merit to the White that was happening versus like, ah, she's just 
white again. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it, it definitely felt like there was something there. So I don't know. It's 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 interesting, especially especially given how even though this is it's still she still feels great to me. You know what I'm saying? Like she still doesn't feel like pure. Hey, I'm like the the most bright Jedi ever. It's just like yeah, it's, it still feels like there's something she's figuring out. Yeah, we'll just we'll get her to kill Thrawn, and then she get once she puts the hood on. I think she's truly mm-hmm. hood so, Ahsoka, please. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, do you guys want to talk about some Pergil? Because we got some wild stuff here, guys. I watched this with my mom, and I was just looking over, being like, "I hope you're on board right now." <laughs> <laughs> uh, Des, what did you think about uh, kind of their scheme here to to go find uh, Ezra and Thrawn? And Sabine? I think it was a cool little callback. I thought it was a cool little callback, especially. I feel like recently just just media movies and TV shows haven't been using animals in the smartest way <laughs> or like in the best way. I feel like me and Jordan talked about this, particularly with uh, like the Harry Potter Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them series. It's like, OK, but what are the point of the beast? <laughs> like, why are we here? And I feel like this is <laughs> this is one of the moments I actually felt like somebody was using the beast for a reason. Like, of course, in Star Wars, of course, these mythical creatures would have information and they do make a callback. You know, to what um, who said that? I think was it Balin that talked about it. Somebody talked about the 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 Perga Hero uh, a couple episodes ago. But yes, they, they made a call back to it. And it was like, oh yeah, they would know where to go. And so they pulled up on the Perga. And I I thought it, I thought it made sense for the story. I liked I liked how they looked. I like how everyone was scared of them. I like how it, it they actually pulled a um watch Avatar: The Last Airbender. It, it felt like a Aang. Like they pulled like a when Aang goes to see the lion turtle. That's what it felt like as as Ahsoka was going to go see this big pergil in the middle of nowhere when when Aang went to go see the lion turtle. So that's kind of the vibe <laughs> that I picked up from that. So I thought I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, it looked really good too. I, I think that like the, the 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 look of it by the end of that episode, like that whole sequence was like really really well executed. Because I was wondering like how they were going to like really factor into this, like when we saw them couple of episodes ago which was you know kind of a, a sight to see like they come out of nowhere but then like the way they deployed them here was like really really clever um so i thought it was good i thought it was like a cool scene and, and it was a it, w- it was a way to like you know obviously get us to the next step and you know go find ezra and, and thrawn and you know sort of get us to that place and so it kind of made sense because we have been like on this particular like planet for like two maybe you know going on three episodes now so i thought it was a good good you know sort of choice to, to get them you know on to the next you know sort of adventure uh, t- Tommy, how do we feel about the fact that, uh, you know, we get into the whale here and uh, Hu Yang's like, how do you know we're going the right place? She goes, I don't. Ahsoka has more faith than me. You will not catch me getting inside a burgle mouth. First of all, probably awful plaque, probably awful breath inside that whale mouth. So uh, you ain't catching me inside that mouth. Uh, but no, I, and I think it shows where Ahsoka's at in her it, from her journey uh, to the other side, I think she believes in the force again. Like she is fully bought in. Like she doesn't know, but that's okay that she doesn't know where this is going. Um, but no, I'm nowhere near that. I'm going back with the fleet. I'm going, I'm going back <laughs> getting in trouble. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's just so wild to me. Cause here's a, I guess, I guess the whole point of star Wars is like, you know, never tell me the odds, but you know, the odds are you're not going to end up where, where, where your, your friends are at. So I, this is, I guess maybe this is the a new Ahsoka the white though. She's just, she's, she has faith. So good for her. I, I also want to shout out. I like the captain guy in this where he's like, listen, I can't tell you my mission, the mission until it's done. Like, I like that back and forth. I, it was a good buying time 
Uh, but also, it was kind of when he finally gave it up, it's like, we'll take your time. He's like, all right, you're not going to believe me, though. Like, she's getting in a whale's mouth. Do you know how much plaque they have in that thing? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, the, more New Republic stuff here, getting these guys trying to, you know, mess up the mission. So, um, Okay, well, any any predictions moving forward? I mean, uh, is everything going to be hunky-dory for Ahsoka? Is she going to just, like, stop right outside Ezra's house and all's good? It's hard to tell, you know, at, at some points. I mean, obviously, we'll, we'll, we'll get Ezra and Thrawn. Um, I, I, no, no hard predictions, but I think... I think it'll just be clear that whatever happens next episode is going to catapult us into whatever that movie's going to be that Dave Filoni's doing to to combine, you know, all of these different, I guess, like Mandoverse shows is, is what people are calling it at this point. New Republic, whatever that's going to be. I think that this is going to be like the first real signal in terms of like what that's going to be, because I feel like Thrawn is, is the obvious big bad of, of that film, you know, for for the entire galaxy at that point, because he's. He's the heir to the Empire, essentially. And so um, they'll probably set that up. I do just hope that it's, like, enough time and equally as long as, like, this week's was because I just wouldn't want us to rush through that, see him, then all of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah, you have to wait, like, another three years before any of this is going to be resolved. Yeah, we need to get on that Floney movie quick. <laughs> I guess, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. I, I think we get the focus maybe a little bit more since we didn't get any Sabine this episode, I, I feel like we go back to them first, figure out what's been happening in Sabine land. And then I don't know, maybe Ahsoka shows up mid to the end of the episode. Um, or she like, maybe it's like <laughs> they keep cutting her. The whale's going through different galaxies. It's like, Oh, wrong stop. Like you're looking at the map and your car and you're like, Oh, turn it upside down. Let's get back on track for a goal. <laughs> you get the like Indiana Jones, like line across the map of, yeah. yeah, yeah, just a little purgle. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, guys. Well, uh, Des and Jordan, thank you so much for talking about some Ahsoka with us. But I, I feel like I, I can't let up the opportunity to get some recommendations out of you guys before we end. Tommy, do you have a recommendation this week? I, I, uh, I love throwing it to you first, and you're just listen. Let me look, as I look around your room. room. <laughs> Can I recommend this plant? No, I mean it's hard because I'm I'm there's so much TV and a lot of the TV I, I recommended on here is just what I keep watching. I'm I'm in rinse and repeat. Our Harley Quinn animated series, it's still great. It's on season four, I think. Great. Uh, Fiona and Cake for Adventure Time fans, amazing. Loving the journey. Really incredible show. Uh, even if you haven't watched Adventure Time, I, I could see people might liking it because it's it's its own thing. But uh, and then One Piece. I'm starting the anime because I watched the live action, loved it. So now I'm on the anime. So watch that stuff. If you haven't, check it out. Tommy, I haven't watched anything besides like, you know, the know. things that come on every week. But like, uh, I haven't seen a movie in like a month. So I don't know because well, we're in Big Brother world, Michael. There's yeah. no there's no letting up once you have three episodes a week. Yeah. Uh, I'll throw it to Jordan first. Jordan, is there something you want to recommend to the audience? Yeah, I, by, by the way, it, it's been a terribly slow month for movies. Like, it's been it's been bad, so I, I, I know the struggle. Um, so I'm going to recommend a show. I just finished it. Um, uh, My Adventures with Superman, uh, which has been on Adult Swim and now on Max. Really, really like it. I just finished it, um, and I thought that, I thought that the, just the whole, you know, sort of, like, new interpretation of, of Lois and, and Clark and Jimmy 
was just really, really well done. It's funny, genuinely funny stuff, very heartfelt. Like this is this is like weird to say because, you know, we haven't really gotten it, I guess, cinematically, but this this is how Superman should feel. And and I think that this is like I don't know if James Gunn is paying attention to this, but you know, he's he's gonna do what he's gonna do. But this is like a great blueprint for what they could do for that movie. But overall, really, really solid show. So I would definitely recommend people check it out. All right, Des, what about you? Man, that was a great recommendation. I've I've, I've been watching the same thing. Um, I will recommend uh, Jujutsu Kaisen. If you haven't been watching Jujutsu Kaisen, man, it's just just one of those anime that it just feels good. It looks good. Uh, everything about it is smart. <laughs> uh, you you actually gotta watch it. Is <laughs> is a lot going on into that anime, um, and it, it it remains enjoyable week to week. I read the manga, so I know what's going to happen, and it's about to go down. So uh, I think everyone who also reads the manga is pretty excited. I know people who don't read the manga are still excited. So Yushu Kaisen is definitely uh, uh, one of my recommendations, man, for for this week, along with my adventure with Superman. Uh, I have to echo what Jordan said. Tommy, I just thought of something I can recommend. Do it. Uh, I'm going to recommend, because I don't apparently watch TV or movies. Um, uh, I'm going to recommend Words with Friends, guys. It's still, <laughs> I've been playing Words with Friends. And listen, I'm not listen, good, Ed. but I'm not bad either. So <laughs> if you want to play me, like I'll give you a run for your money, but you'll probably still win. So hit me up if you want to play Words with Friends with me. What are we in the 2010s? I feel <laughs> that, was an, that was an ad. Did you get paid for that? <laughs> hey guys, there's a new app that I just yeah, hit me up, guys. <laughs> Scrabble didn't go away. It's still a thing, okay? No, you're right. If you look, but it'd be like we'd be like, all right, guys, hey, go out and play Clue. Great Farmville. Farmville. <laughs> oh man. Back in the day, Pons Pond Stars. Did you ever play Pond Stars on Facebook? No. Oh man. You could you could barter with people. It was spicy stuff over on the Facebook apps. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Jordan Daz, again, thank you guys for doing this. I'm going to give you guys a chance to tell people about your podcast, where they can find you, and all that good stuff. Absolutely. Thank you guys again for having us on. This was such a fun time. But you can find us everywhere on social media at Two Black Nerds, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, all that great stuff. We drop episodes usually on Tuesdays, so you can find us on all your podcast apps, including Apple and Spotify. And definitely be on the lookout very, very soon. We're going to be coming back with a, uh, a special episode. So can't wait to get to that. And uh, yeah, definitely hope people check us out. Awesome. Anything else you guys are up to, like personally, that you guys want to talk about? I mean, I feel like y'all are always doing cool stuff. No, um, <laughs> humility. Follow, follow Studio Maho. Uh, me, me, and my friends made a, a, a black animation studio, which is really cool. Um, we released a uh, a a a short to our, our flagship series, Got Punch, last month, which is, which is really cool. Um, I knew y'all were hiding something. That's really cool. <laughs> Not hiding anything. Um, <laughs> and also, uh, I, I have another Instagram page. Uh, where I do cosplay photography, which is really cool, um, really fun to go to different cons and do cosplay photography. So that's uh, delusional cosplay. Um, so yeah, those are two things that I have always kind of going on in the background. Cool. Des, do you cosplay yourself though? No, because if I do, uh, the picture will be uncomfortable. Like I have to, <laughs> you know, I got to get angles. If I got on like a something going on, you know what I'm saying? I ain't gonna be able to take the picture how I need to take the picture. So usually I just wear like a nerd shirt. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> 
All right, guys. Thank you again for doing this. I'm going to close this out. I'd like to remind you guys to rate and review us on iTunes and Spotify, preferably five stars. Also, please subscribe because we're going to be here every single week with Ahsoka coverage. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Stark Wars Pod. And we also have a little Discord community going on. So if that's something you're interested in, you can hit us up and we will get you in there. But that is all we got for you guys. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you next time. Bye, 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 bye.